Is your planter set up ideally? Is your planter efficient? Is your planter doing everything you want it to do and also not causing you downtime? I hope that's the case, but you know what? Maybe your planter's not doing as good a job as you really think it could, and that's why you need to tune into this episode. Right here, we're going to be talking about correcting planter inefficiencies and correcting planter problems with Kevin Matthews of Extreme Ag. Welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast where you get a guaranteed return on investment of your time as we cut your learning curve with the information you can apply to your farming operation immediately. Extreme Ag, we've already made the mistakes, so you don't have to. Managing your farm's water resources is a critical component to a successful and sustainable farming operation. Advanced Drainage Systems helps farmers just like you increase their yields up to 30% with their technologically advanced water management products. Visit ADSPipe.com to see how they can keep your business flowing. Now, here's your host, Damian Mason. Well, greetings and welcome to another fantastic episode of Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. It's me, your host, Damian Mason. I'm talking to one of Extreme Ag founders, Kevin Matthews about a planter problem. Okay, he covers a lot of acres. He has more than one planter. And it turns out he's got a planter right now. It's going to get through the season, but he's sure as heck going to make a big change to it for next season. Maybe you're doing the same thing. If you're farming right now and you're saying, hey, we're going to get through, we're going to limp through this season, it's, it's go time, but by golly, we're going to improve this next year. And that's exactly what's cool about getting these podcasts recorded right while things are happening. This is fresh in Kevin's mind. <laughs> as we speak, his hired guys are doctoring up the planter to get through this season. And he says, but here's what we're going to do next year. What was the problem and what are you going to do? Yeah, so Damien, we um, we put our fertilizer out in a two by two by two formation. Actually, on this planter, it's three inches off the row on each side. Been doing this for many years. Uh, we did research early on and it, it absolutely pays splitting that fertilizer. The problem you run into is placing that fertilizer. How do you get it down in there? Last year, we run a product. Um, the year before we run it on four rows, last year we put it on a whole planter uh, called the closure system and it dribbles the fertilizer right in front of the closing wheels and it incorporates it into the soil. Does a really good job, no issues with it whatsoever. It, it's economical, it's, it's right. On my planter, uh, that's Danielle's planter, she runs it. Our other planter runs we got dome disc and we inject it right behind the disc. It does a pretty good job as well. Um, it's, it's actually, it's not as efficient as the closure because you gotta pay for wire and tire disc and replace them, but it does a good job. Then on my planter, I've got a product uh, from Precision Planting that's called Conceal. And it's two swords. It's the concept, I absolutely love the concept. And, that, and that's why this, you know, allowed them to, to put this on my planner and, and we invested in it, spent a lot of money. The problem we get with it is there's no longevity in it. And so last year we got 628 acres and we wore a set of swords out and we had cut them off and we figured out how to get about 900 to 1,000 acres out of a set of swords. And that's not really good for the acres we go over. It, it, you know, 44-foot planter, you're going to go over those acres pretty quick. Okay, so here's the thing. I talked about this exact thing with Johnny Varell about why he took two by two off of his planter. And I said, what do you, I said, this is like technology you're supposed to be doing. And he said, Damien, here's the problem. 
uh, it, it doesn't work uh, as well as I want it to. He said, I love the concept. He said, but you know what? It plugs up. And then also he says, my sandy soils, just basically sandpaper and grind those, uh, those applicators, the swords you're talking about down. He said, when it's go time, me and my hired guys need to be out here planting. And he says, we're stopping and fixing the two by two. And then, you know, again, like you said, on a big enough planter, you're talking about a day uh, yeah. of redoing all this. So that's kind of the same thing I'm hearing from you. You're not opposed to the system. I mean, obviously it's a great idea. You've been doing it for a while. It's having to change out the, the applicators every 900 acres. That's fine if you farm 900 acres, but if you farm a, a number of acres, you're stopping and fixing the planter a lot. Yeah. I mean, we took the ones the guys took off today. They had a little over right at 600 acres on them. And there's there a couple rows starting to give trouble where they wire on the sides and then they start messing the hole up and it stops up as Johnny was talking about on his. And uh, so what we have actually done, they've got an extended wire version and they sent it out today. Another issue with this sword is it takes enormous horsepower to pull it because you're dragging them knives through the ground and then it robs from your down pressure. So it's taken, we're running planters side by side. So Danielle is running on average of 20 to 30 pounds of down pressure less than I do because yep. I'm trying to mash them swords in. So that's a big deal right there alone because it affects your seed placement. And that, that we don't run into that problem with the dome system that we run on the soybean planter and he don't, yep have that as bad. Now he will affect, it, it does affect seed placement to a point, but not critically. It's now, on mine, by, by the way, I want to throw this out there real quickly, because yeah. one of Johnny's other points was, says, he says, we honestly are going to need, we need bigger tractors, because again, when you're dragging that much more through there, same thing you just said, you're burning more fuel, probably going slower because of having to force those things through that ground. Yeah, and these extended wire versions that they got today, they've changed them and it's wider and that thing's probably, you know, it's three-eighths, it's probably an eighth-inch wider all the way across than what the previous version was. I don't know that I'm going to be able to push them in the ground. I'm kind of concerned that these that the guys put on today, I may end up just running the hose out the back and dribbling it to finish the year if these things give me a fit. We're going to see how they work out, but it scares me when I see how they redesigned them. But, um, I got a question for you. One of the yep. products that we worked with last year, you just you discovered uh, Zyway fungicide, which is a great technology because you can put fungicide on at time of planting. The problem is yep. it needs to be away from the seed, or you're going to have a little bit of a, a yield drag, or even a germination problem. If you get rid of your two by two or three by two in your case altogether, you now limit your ability to use that product. Am I right? You would be correct, and that's why I will not limit. I will not eliminate the two-by-two two system, the, the banding it on each side of the road. I'm going to split it on both sides of the road. So what we're going to do, we run a product. Our closing system on my planter is a furrow-force product from Precision Planting. I really like this product. It performs very well for us. It does yeah. a good job. It's got disc blades in it that are like sawtooth blades that help push the air out of the seed trench. And what I'm going to do is build me some stainless steel brackets and some drop tubes similar to what the closure system that uh, Kelly introduced me to has. And I'm going to put that fertilize right in front of those Scott, those sawtooth blades and let it incorporate it in. Oh, it'll be about an inch and a half to two inches off of the seed trench. 
And what we found was we could run it out the back. We've done that old school. That works good in sandy soils, other soils, it's not quite as good, but then you can get volatilization from it. Yep. And certain areas it works great, certain areas it don't. Some slopes, they claim it washes off. But what we found with the closure system is if we incorporate it with that closing wheel into the soils, it's just as effective as if we knife it in. So we're gonna actually start incorporating it right in front of those ferroforce sawtooth disc on each side of the road. Yeah. And we're gonna get rid of them swords next year. And and like I say, if I can't push these new updates in the ground, I'm gonna get rid of them this year, just raise them up to where they're not affecting it. But I will tell you that back um, a week ago before this rain came, we was planting in both planters sitting at a two inch depth and I could not keep a 90% ground contact and I had to raise mine to an inch and three quarter to maintain 90% and Danielle could keep on rolling with her. By the way, I, what's the difference in depth? You, you said that by making it so your seed depth was one and three quarter? Yeah, I had to raise it up so I wasn't pushing them knives as far down yeah. in the ground. So you, you put your seed in at one and three quarter. What was she at? Two and a half? She was at two. Two. Okay. Yeah. So it's not so a huge. A quarter. Yeah, but you know, a quarter inch is a lot. I mean, I I don't know. I've been in webinars where we hear from Matt Miles, and I said, what's the plant depth? He says, about one knuckle. So you're worried about a quarter of an inch, and he's out here measuring stuff based on- Have you seen how parts. big his hands are? <laughs> but but that's not a scientific that's not a scientific <laughs> thing, talking about one knuckle or two. Uh, yeah, but you got to look at the size of the hand. <laughs> one knuckle on him's an inch. Uh, or so, inch and high. <laughs> so here's my question, then. If you're going, you, you, um, you said you're going to do this next year. Uh, and we're recording this, dear listener, uh, first week of May. And Kevin's a little bit behind because of the weather that they've had. That's why he took time out to do these recordings. So this is really good because it's fresh in his mind, the, the issues that they're having right now. And I think it's really cool that then you document this and say, after we get through planning season, here are the changes we're going to make. Do you start like making your, your summer to-do list? Yeah. Absolutely. Just like uh... – you know, when we get done harvest, that's when we pull the combines in and we want to go through them. This past year, we wasn't able to do that, but we write down. Um, when we're planning, we're taking notes, and Jim is amazing, him and Eddie, what they do. They'll write down everything that's a problem on that planter. If it's a cylinder, it's leaking. If it's a, a bush and it don't look right, you know, it's not servicing right. Anything you think of, a tire that's aggravating you. Right everything's wrote down and I, I encourage all the listeners that you really need to keep that journal. And then this winter, when you pull it out of the shed and you've had a, hopefully a bountiful harvest and, yeah, yeah. and uh, corn and bean prices is really good and you, you've made some money and you want to decide what you're going to do to your planter, you can pull your notes out and say, Hey, these were the things causing me problems. Don't just park it in the shed and walk away from it. Well, yeah, and, and but if you're like me, during my busy season in January and February, I write down lists of stuff I'm going to do when I get slowed up in April. But then sometimes I, I don't, I don't get quite as diligently through the uh, list as I need to. Hey, yeah, Miss Cindy writes them for me. Yeah, right. To do list. So answer me this. Uh, we talked about inefficiency. What do you think it's costing? It's costing more diesel the way it is, and you're not getting the, the depth that you want so more diesel because you're pulling harder you're not quite getting the consistent depth you want or as deep as you want is there do you think you're losing yield 
or you think that's not going to be the that's not your issue? You think right now you're not uh, going to gain yield? You won't gain yield by putting in the Kelly system you're talking about. Yeah, I'm I'm anal enough that I'll slow down and make sure I'm getting the uh, seed the the ground contact that I need and get the seed in the right spot. So yeah. And and last year we was comparing the two systems to see if incorporating it with the closing wheels versus uh, using the conceal knifing it in was a yield difference. I couldn't find a yield difference. Um, it comes down to just simply efficiencies. And and I'll be, you know, very, you know, uh, that twenty four row planter it was fifty eight hundred dollars to replace those swords, not counting labor. And it's a very labor intense job to replace them because it just, it's not an easy job. And um, so I had three guys working on it today for about three hours on a 24 row planter and they're pretty good guys. They don't fool around much. They're, they're, they're focused and they work hard. So you figure that labor, uh, you know, 6,200 bucks, 6,500 bucks just yeah. to replace them. That's expensive, Damien. And yeah. and quite frankly, we don't have time to be fooling with that kind of stuff when we yeah. can roll. So the if it, the inefficiency, you don't necessarily think it was uh, a loss of yield. It's just now downtime and and all these other issues. Diesel downtime and and more importantly, mechanic time or wrench time, shop time. What about the new system you're putting on? Do you think it'll give you more yield or you think if it just stays the same, you're still just as happy? I don't, I don't look for it. I'm not looking for it to give me more yield. I'm looking for it to give me efficiency. And if it does give me more yield, it's going to be that we may get done planting a day or two earlier. And uh, typically the earlier you get done planting, the better the yields, not always, but in general, the better timely it's planted, it's better yields. I'm so at the end of the day, it's just going to net me more money. And I, it's just going to be a lot less headaches. I just want to, you get out and get a flag and unstock them darn swords. It's just aggravating as can be. Speaking of money, I want to ask you, if you want to save money on fertility without sacrificing yield, and I know you do, what is your method? One method should be for you to harvest last season's nutrients for this season's crops using extract from Loveland products. Go to lovelandproducts.com to learn more. See, I slipped in a little commercial for us right there, Kevin, but that's all right. You knew it was coming. Um, answer me this, though, about your situation. Um, and, and I want you to think about the, the person that's listening to this. You have two planters. You called it Danielle's planter, your daughter, and then yours. And you can compare the two side by side, and that's when it probably struck you, damn, I'm not very efficient. I'm not able to plant as fast as her. I've got uh, my, my seed placement is going to be different because of this boom, 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 boom. The person that's out here listening that says, I only have one 12 row planter, or I don't have two planters of any size. They might be suffering some of these planter inefficiencies and not realizing it because they don't have a comparison. What's your recommendation to them? Yeah. I mean, it, call us, email us, talk to us. Uh, we, we've got the ability here at Extreme Ag to get you with the right person and, but I'm saying maybe they don't even know if they have the problem. I mean, what was you, you discovered this because you had a comparison. They might just be plodding along doing their thing. Do you have advice for them? Like, hey, you probably are actually I mean, not this, getting. Yeah, this 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 concealed product, um, the lifespan of these swords 
it's on the side. It's you know, everybody I talk to has the same issues that runs them. Um, the concept is just phenomenal. It, it's great, but it, the sidewall, those things set at just a little bit of an angle, and it wires the it wires the side of the shield of the sword, and it's not really wiring the bottom of it. And they've got an excellent bottom on that sword, so it wires the side, and then when it wires it pushes in on that hole and then it causes a restriction just like getting a flake of uh, you know rust or something in a spray nozzle it starts they don't want to spray right you're not getting the right pattern so it does the same thing with your fertilizer it going to your corn so i think it's uniform i think that the guy that's just got the one planter like probably i'd say 80 percent of the farmers out there is running one planter um you got to look at how much money you're spending on a per acre basis on maintenance and repairs. Mm -hmm. And if you're in Rocky land then obviously it's going to affect your seed placement. Um, yeah. Anything you add to that row unit is going to do that. I don't care whose product it is. So that's something to think about. You just, again, it goes right back. You're going to have to get your boots out in the field and walk and see but now, buddy, let me tell you, you're going to know in your pocketbook when you go to replace them things every year because that's pretty expensive replacement. Yeah, whether you got one planter or three, the main thing you're, I'm hearing here is you are correcting inefficiencies, inefficiencies by doing this, and you don't think it's going to cost you anything in terms of yield. So the point is, why wouldn't you do it? And the answer is, is there any? Is there anything that you're, you've already made this decision? Was there any concern before you made the decision like you're like well i i'm still concerned about this or that no uh, no i mean you know some people you know miss cindy's gonna say you spent all that money on that planter and now you're taking that stuff off and ain't using it but that's that's part of learning that's what we yep. do you know we don't you don't always make the right mistakes but the concept is absolutely great um and yep. i really felt like they'd be able to get to things where they do a better job but yep. It blows my mind how much it takes to pull those son of a guns. I yeah. mean, so the thing you're doing, you said about, is this a closing wheel that you're buying from uh, Kelly's company? The, uh, is that, is that, that, that's where this, or was that a necessary part of what you're doing? No, well, so that was actually, so when we ran that on the other planter and I was concerned on running that fertilizer on top of the ground because I had done that in the past and I had wins and losses. I didn't have consistency in our field, certain fields, we always had consistency. But then when we use Kelly's concept of letting that, that uh, closing wheel incorporate it, and then we was able to compare it to the one being knifed in and we couldn't find a yield difference. And we did this over 3000 acres with two planters that got my attention that, okay, we figured out now, as long as we incorporate that fertilizer in there and not just run it on top of the ground on the soils that we farm, this works. So, you know, it, it's kind of opened the door. Now you take Temple, he has extremely good success on his low CEC soils by running it out the back and he's flat. So he's not worried about the contours of it washing over into the seed trench like I would be. Yeah, so putting so putting stuff on top of the soil like he does, you're not going to lose it if you get an inch and a half of rain because it's not going to wash down the hill. Clearly, that wouldn't work in Garrett's place, and maybe not where you are. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It, you gotta fit. You gotta fit the program for your environment. Yeah. 
All right, so you created you correcting planter inefficiency problems. Uh, when you get this done, I think we should do a, a video about it. Is there anything else that we need to know about making adjustments? And uh, right now, somebody's listening to this. They're in their they're in their tractor. They got their planter behind them, and they're thinking, "Man, I wonder if I I wonder what I should do." So your encouragement to them is what? Well, need to get see what's costing you the money, and whatever's costing you money, get rid of it, and what's making you money, make more of it. I think you also just said something really important and farm people sometimes are uh, bad about this. You just talked about the time and, you know, everybody's time has value. Uh, you've got hired guys. Maybe the person listening to this doesn't. Well, that doesn't mean that you need to spend eight hours wrenching on something and think that it doesn't have a cost. Your time has value. And I think that you're looking at this as efficiency, but you also brought in the element of time. And some farm people don't give themselves enough credit for the value of their time. Well, our time's really important. I mean, Damien, I look at, I look at the my family, you know, my girls and my son, the three kids there. I spent a tremendous amount of time on the farm that I could have spent some time with them. Um, yeah, maybe 30 minutes here, hour there, but um, yeah. looking back, I would have, you know, no before we had employees you know i started with 30 acres so i didn't have employees at 30 acres right, right. and uh when you know i was farming nearly 2000 acres before i hired a full-time employee and i actually didn't even hire him my 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 cousin she said my you know your cousin her husband's coming to work for you and and, he, and he's been here ever since but um so uh Time is valuable, whether it's money or whether it's family time, it's valuable. So take advantage of it. Make every minute of life count. Well, I mean, you just said it right there. First off, if, you, if you're planting slower and then also you're fixing stuff because it's not the right setup, would you rather be, would you rather be on the end of a wrench or, uh, or holding your kids? So I think that there's something to that. His name is Kevin Matthews, talking about correcting planter inefficiency problems. And you know what? Uh, the one thing that I kind of like talking to these guys is that they're never afraid to make adjustments. They're they're not out here saying, well, you know, I'd be afraid to do that. They pull the trigger on stuff. They make adjustments. And that's what is kind of cool here. Uh, you contemplated it. You thought about it. You looked out your window and watched the planter and said, nope, I'm going to make this change next year. So if you want to share uh, this with somebody that you think can benefit from it, please do so. Remember, we've got literally hundreds. I have produced hundreds of these. These guys have produced hundreds of videos on farm. Just helpful tips. It's extremeag.farm. It's all free. But if you want to take your farming game to the next level, you can join Extreme Ag as a member. It's 750 bucks a year. 750 it's peanuts because you get then a monthly webinar. You get invited to stuff. You get access to guys like Kevin Matthews for straight information where they'll actually help you, you know, in a one-on-one -on -one situation. ExtremeAg.Farm, hundreds and hundreds of videos and podcasts there. But also, if you want to take it to the next level, we have a monthly webinar, our next uh, you know, first Thursday of every month, and we also have field days. So, again, get involved. Use this to your advantage and share this with somebody you think can benefit from it. Till next time, thanks for being here, Kevin. Thank you, Damien. Till next time, I'm Damien Mason. This is Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. That's a wrap for this episode of Cutting the Curve, but there's plenty more. Check out ExtremeAg.Farm, where you can find past episodes, instructional videos, and articles to help you squeeze more profit out of your farm. Cutting the Curve is brought to you by Advanced Drainage Systems, the leader in agriculture water management solutions. 